0: When the guys asked me what my perfect night would be, I told them the truth. Beer and board games. They thought I was kidding. I was not kidding.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means that it is episode 136 of the Personal Arrogance Podcast. As always, I am your host, Eric Walquist. Joining me, as always, is the other guy. The other host. His name is Jesse 12th Man Fan. TwelfthmanFan.com. Dot com Wilson. There you go. Russell Wilson. Russell. <laughs> 12thmanfan.com Russell Wilson.
2: <laughs>
1: Jesse. That is my new do- domain name. All right. So speaking of that, and we got some listener feedback this week that they want us to talk about it. I'm going to go right into the dedo this week. My dedication this week is to the newest member of the Seattle Seahawks, none other than, or not really the newest, the second newest, Percy Harvin.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> is my dedo this week, Jesse? Do we have a dual dedo?
3: I well, I'm not surprised you said that, right. but yours is the wrong answer. Oh, okay. Because as, as excited as I am for Percy, uh huh. Um, he basically bumped my favorite player off the team. So the correct dedication yeah. is to number 33, Leon Washington. He's been my favorite Seahawk ever since. Uh, I basically watched him single-handedly win a game, uh, against the San Diego Chargers by himself. Yeah. Uh, which is redundant because I already said single-handedly. I, he probably used both hands. Yeah. But, and uh, both feet. <laughs> and, and both feet. But,
1: uh. He double-footedly he, won.
3: He kind of got bumped for the new guy and I, I'm a little bummed out.
1: Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that cuz that is your favorite player, man. He's no longer a Seahawk.
3: I know. Um,
1: Leon he, Seattle Washington.
3: He he lives on in my heart. Yep. And I think he should uh be in the ring of honor. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is sad because he he when you have somebody, I think that just shows how good of a player Percy Harvin is. Right. To replace a, your pro, one of your pro bowlers from last year. He, yeah. Leon Washington is one of the top two, I would say, uh, kick returners in the entire NFL. Mm-hmm. And he's off your team because Percy Harvin is now on your team. So yeah. it shows the explosive uh, nature. And dude, the whole thing with this, and we, we also signed Cliff Avril, who is the top defensive end on the market. Uh, the whole message that this is sending to the league is that Seattle is Planning to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, we're going for it this year. This is something that I've never felt before. Like not even after the Mariners had their 116 win season, or you know, after the the Sonics lost to the Bulls in the '96 finals. I've never had this expectation before. Mm-hmm. But if the Seahawks don't win the Super Bowl this year, I will be disappointed.
3: Yeah, it would be a pretty, pretty colossal uh, falling out. The thing yeah. is, I mean,
1: who else is poised to make us? A- Big Super Bowl run. Well, you got it. So right San now, Francisco. yeah, right now in, in Vegas, both the Seahawks and the 49ers are tied. For yeah, best five one or something, five to one to win the Super Bowl.
3: Yeah, and so the, it's gonna be a, a real, real rivalry. Those two games are gonna be fun to watch
1: almost overnight. Seahawks 49ers has become the best rivalry in the NFL.
3: Yeah, you can guarantee one of those are gonna be Monday night.
1: Yeah, probably one's Monday night and the other one's Sunday night. Yeah. That's the other thing I love about this is that I like watching the Seahawks at night. I think I'm going to get that opportunity multiple times this season. Mm-hmm. So.
3: I, I I like watching. I don't know. I like watching in the day.
1: Well, I like, I just love the national, you know, see, Seattle's a place that doesn't get a lot of national exposure sports-wise. That's true. It's just fun to see, like, the blimp over the waterfront and, like, watching yeah. the ferries go in. And listening to every time the commentators are like, Oh my God, I had to travel so far to get here.
3: <laughs> Most isolated, yeah. isolated team in the league. Yeah, I absolutely. love, uh, take a shot every time they cut to the Pike Place Market right. Fish
1: throwers. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you, we need to put that together for when the Seahawks are a national game is the Seahawks, uh, <laughs> national game drinking game. Yeah. <laughs> we'll work on the name.
3: <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so. Yeah. Double Detto, Harvin, Washington.
1: I think that's great. That's two two sides of the coin. Yeah. Past and the future. Now, this is exactly. the other thing. I know we're getting really Seahawks nerdy here, but who cares? This is our podcast. <laughs> Thank um, you. But the thing is, is that when Pete Carroll came here, he brought this winning mentality that I think a lot of people didn't think he would bring because he's had his chances to coach in the NFL before. Mm-hmm. And each time, it was pretty much a failure. I think he took one team to the playoffs. But then he went to the USC, and USC had the mentality that every single year, if they didn't win the national championship, it was a disappointment. Right. And that was their mentality every single year. And I think when he came back to the NFL, when he got his shot again in the NFL, he said, I'm going to have a team, and I have the ownership here with Paul Allen, that I can build my team that we will expect to win the Super Bowl every year. And I think... Hopefully, this is the beginning of a dynasty. I may be eating my words, but (laughs) that is my expectation. I want the Seahawks to win the Super Bowl this year. If they don't, I'm disappointed.
3: Yeah, uh, it's pretty exciting stuff. I cannot cannot wait for NFL season. I know,
1: and they're playing in Indy this year, and I'm circling that game. I really want to go out to Indy and watch them at Lucas Oil Stadium.
3: Yeah, I'm excited to find out when that is, if it'll be compatible with my schedule.
1: Yeah. All right, anyway, we got other stuff to get into. Yeah. Uh, what are you drinking this week, Jesse? Uh
3: I'm actually drinking the big wave gold nail from Kona Brewing Company. hmm Uh I'm staying at my mom's house this week.
1: Oh really? You're um, in B Town?
3: Yes, I am in B Town. Okay. Um and I'll get into that a little bit later. Okay. But um it's so this is something that she bought. Uh I probably wouldn't have picked it up, but it's actually really good. It's it's pretty dry uh it warms up a little bit. you get really good uh flavor hops and aroma coming from it, so oh. I would actually definitely recommend this.
1: It's one of the better offerings from Kona that I've had yeah, and Kona's an interesting brewing company because they're headquartered in Kona uh mm-hmm. which is on the big island in Hawaii, but they brew up here in redmond though or woodenville woodenville
3: yeah any any um bottle Kona that you have. In the mainland U.S., is brewed in Woodenville.
1: at the Red Hook Brewery. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of which, I'm drinking the Red Hook Se- Spring Seasonal uh, Mud Slinger Brown Ale. Oh, just... Craft
3: Brewers Alliance.
1: Yeah, buddy. Uh, it's a it's a serviceable brown ale. I like it. It's there's I nothing offensive it this year. about it. That's that's the thing about brown ales is that they're very like just straight up drinkable. Yeah, it's like we're gonna give you just a little bit of what you want in every realm.
3: Yeah, throw in some uh, nice hops, but or yeah. nice malt, but uh, dry it out, make it drinkable. Don't make it super heavy and balance
1: it with your hops. Exactly, it's it's basically the kind of the even keel of the beers, and this, this is what you know. This falls right in line with that. Very, very drinkable. I and I enjoy it. You know, it's spring seasonals. They're not always my favorite, but uh, but you know, brown ales are great.
3: Wow, two mil fingers up from both of us. I think for there, Craft Brewers
1: Alliance. There you go, CBA. DBA, I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, so let's get to some listener feedback this week. We got a couple of phone calls, and uh, we we love getting phone calls, guys. You can always, you know, you can always give us a call three six zero three six two zero zero two four. Put it in your phone. Label it as drunk dial if you want, or <laughs> label it as therapist, or label it as uh, best friend if mm. you need that. And just call us whenever you want. We love getting phone calls from you guys. It really does brighten my week, honestly, when we get phone calls. Yeah, um,
3: I really enjoy getting phone calls.
1: And we're, getting, we're going coast to coast this week, but we're going to start on the East Coast. Uh, and it's once again from the 207. Here we go.
0: Hey, what's up, guys? This is Josh from Maine calling from the 207. You only know, state with one syllable and one area code. So anyway, I'm not offended that Jesse said that I was adopted. Because I'm not. Actually, my grandfather was adopted on my father's side. He was an orphan. So, anyway, don't call me Mario because I ain't a little Italian. Anyway, I wanted to congratulate you guys on Percy Harvin, the newest member of the Seattle Seahawks. Ah, and let's see. You know what? Going back to my mother's side, I'm a direct descendant of Roger Williams. He founded what state? You can answer that later. Anyway, to my point. Last week you we talked about caffeine and energy drinks. I like Monster Energy Drink. In fact, kind of a hook on it. I'm trying to get off it right now. Did you know that Dunkin' Donuts coffee actually has more caffeine uh, per 12 ounces than Monster or Red Bull? Check it out. What I'll do is I'll put a link on your website, and you can discuss how bad some of these coffees are for you. Anyway, that's it. So for the rest of the day. No. For
1: the rest of the week, I'm going to get and stay Eric. Thank you. Get Rosa. off my back. Yeah, get off my back. So, um, so, uh, Parigo, um, there's a couple things. So first, Roger White. Did he say Roger White? Or I think he, he
3: said Roger Dotsy.
1: I thought he said Walter White.
3: Oh, uh, yeah. New Mexico.
1: Yeah, definitely New Mexico. Um... And secondly, so, uh, you know, caffeine is one thing. Right. But that caffeine from coffee is basically through a natural process.
3: Yeah, it's just water <laughs> that touches some beans.
1: Right. I'm just saying, I'm, and I'm not saying, you know, caffeine is one thing. So you can look at caffeine rates and you could say, yes, this drink has more caffeine than this drink. But when you look at pure chemical contents, <laughs> mm-hmm. And just sugar. Right. Tons of sugar. And depending, you know, if you're Dunkin' Donuts, you might want to put tons of sugar in your coffee. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you got sugar, you got and, – and there's also been studies that show what these energy drinks do to your kidneys. Uh, but, don't get me wrong. I said on last week's show, I really do enjoy the taste of Red Bull. I also drank Rockstar all through college. I actually felt like I might have been addicted to it at one point. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying that these are delicious and I'm not saying that they do have – Interesting effects, but I am saying that they probably have a little more unnatural ingredients than a cup of coffee.
3: Yeah, I agree. I also think that a cup of coffee—well, black coffee is zero calorie. Oh, I think.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty I,
3: sure if you don't put cream or sugar in there, there's no calories, and it's just water that touched beans. Uh-huh. So one, that's good. Two, coffee, and I'm a big coffee proponent. I love it. Classic uh, Washingtonian. But coffee has what I call the poop factor. It does, and I don't think Monster has that. And I, that's I don't think that's so. a good thing about coffee because it, it it tells your body to stop or it tells your body to, to flush <laughs> and your toilet to flush. Yeah, it tells it every- cleans you out. Whereas I, I feel like a uh, Monster, a lot is coming in when you're drinking a Monster uh. and not necessarily. Getting flushed out the way that coffee flushes,
1: you. You know that is the interesting thing, and I'm sorry for getting graphic here, people. But when I was in my Rockstar phase, drinking a lot of Rockstar, my pee was very interesting colors.
3: Yeah, Monster turns your pee like bright yellow, neon. Yeah, and that's
1: I didn't, not good. I didn't have a black light handy, but I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> uh, yeah. Regardless, Josh, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, we love the 207. I didn't know that state. That Maine was the only state that had one syllable. But, huh. uh, here in Washington, we got plenty, so. If you yeah, need, we got, if you,
3: we got syllables to spare.
1: If you need an extra one, just let us know. Um. We
3: can give you an R. A lot of people try to, uh, cram right, right. an R into Washington and call it Washington. Washington. So maybe Ma- Marn?
1: Yeah, Marn. 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 I love it. So uh, we're going to go from Marne all the way to California uh, for a second call this week. Uh, and here it goes.
0: Hey, guys. Uh, this is James uh, from Orange County calling back. Uh, I just wanted to let you know, last week, I was kind of having a rough week. But the moment I saw that last week's Personal Arrogance Podcast was up and ready to download It totally made my week. I was so happy. So thanks for all your hard work, guys. I really appreciate it. Um, In listening to last week's episode, I just had all these themes that I wanted to talk about. Um, First of all, I think that online, the perpetual online gaming really sucks. Um, I... I'm a big fan of Age of Empires uh, gaming franchise. And the most recent installment was this Age of Empires Online. And not only did they make the graphics very cartoony, which I did not like, but the fact that you had to be connected online the whole time just really put a downer on things, and I, I really hate it. Um, and another thing... Uh, one final note, uh, we mentioned, you, t- you guys talked about um, all this hate for the Dark Knight Rises. Um, I think it's totally unjustified. Uh, as fanboys, and I think as a community, or as a society as a whole, online commentary has gotten way out of control. It's either 0 out of 10, I hate it, or 10 out of 10, I love it and people don't take the time or the effort to really think about a movie they see or a game they play. It's just heat-of-the-moment reaction. So I think that's a big problem. I don't know how to resolve it. But uh, thank you so much, guys. And the weather down here in Orange County is beautiful. I hope it's nice up there in Seattle. Uh, Take care and stay arrogant.
1: You stay arrogant, James. Thank you so much for calling. Uh, get off my back! Get off my back! And that oh. was that was very sweet.
3: Yeah, that's that's heart heartwarming. It was
1: very heartwarming. That was like one of the nicest reviews we've ever gotten. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much, James. And, um, yeah, you know, there's a couple things. I I thought it was interesting. I saw a, a post on our gaming today, where somebody was like, just just spent uh, a fortune on a new PC, play a 12 year old game. Yeah. <laughs> Shut the playing Age of Empires. Because there are certain things, and I think that's why we were so disappointed in the Sim, or in, not the Sims, but in Sim City, because mm-hmm. that's a game that everyone loves, and for EA to screw it up so royally, it just shows that they have no reverence for these titles, and that, and then they've also put out, they put on their Twitter account that saying, um, you know, we've explored the idea of offline play, but that's not something that we're committed to do yet, uh, to resolve this issue. It's like, why not? Yeah. Why are you a company that is blatantly ignoring what your customers want? Like, that's good. That's good business. Great business. I. It's weird to me. It's like if you want people to, if if you made it offline play today, people would start buying the game again. You know. Yeah.
3: Maybe. I don't know. I just, I feel like they've tarnished their reputation so much over a sustained barrage of offensives over the last few years. Like, I don't think I'm ever going to buy an EA game again unless they have a total turnaround in their company structure.
1: It's just bad, man. They, they just haven't wanted to play nice. Like when, I remember when Steam first came out and they didn't want to be on Steam. Uh huh. Well, they still
3: have their own, like, distribution thing that I hear is just
1: impossible to use. It's
3: terrible. I've like, never even attempted it again. Yeah. Like I just don't. I don't want to give my money to EA.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good call. So th- there's this new box. It's called the Ouya. O U Y A. And uh, what it is is it's, it. They had like a really successful Kickstarter campaign for it. It's it's a console, but it's Android based. And the whole idea behind this is to kind of rip away the power from these three major console brands. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, we love our Xboxes and we love our PS3s. uh, But but it's kind of great to have this refreshing console that is separate from all that. All the games on the Ouya are Android-based, which means that anybody can develop for it. Mm. You don't have to have special code in order to get it onto a 360. You don't have to have the blessing of the console in order to get onto the platform.
3: That's a really cool idea. Um, remember at Pax, uh, last time we went to the Kickstarter room and there's this guy that made his own like Nintendo DS game about the diamond trade and he was, he was telling us the nightmare of getting it on DS cartridges and he had to jump through all these huge hoops, raise all this money, (laughs) do all this stuff. And then the game wasn't even sold in stores.
1: Right. Yeah, it was
3: just for him to self-distribute on their hardware. It, it was crazy. Like
1: sixteen thousand dollars or something to even get his foot in the door. Yeah, like and, and then all of the con- all of the cartridges for a Nintendo DS are are manufactured in the same place. So that is your monopoly right there. You can't get in unless you can get your game manufactured in this factory. Yeah, and which means that they have to approve all of the labeling and all like it's just a nightmare um, it's the
3: diamond trust of london by the way
1: yeah and, and they wouldn't approve their cover uh-huh like because it is because there's music featuring uh, an artist that he found and he wanted to feature that artist on the cover of the game and they said well you can't do that because you can only have the publisher name on the cover of the game and so he's like all right my publisher name is uh <laughs> it was his yeah name. diamond
3: trust of London with music by blah blah blah.
1: Right, it was like that. That's the full title of the game. Then, uh, so anyway, this is Uya. It's ninety nine dollars if you want to get one. Um, they're not shipping yet, but they're shipping soon. I think they're shipping in April or something. Ninety nine dollars gets you the console and and a controller. Um, and then uh, I think other controllers are fifty dollars, um, which is pretty standard. But I mean, getting the console and the controller for fifty bucks. And then every game that's on the platform is uh, automatically you can you can try out any game before you buy it. Every single game there's a free demo before you buy it, and uh, it has over 450 launch titles, I think. So yeah, Ouya, O U Y A baby. It's taking the taking the reins off of these crazies like EA and actually putting it back, putting the power back in the hands of the consumer. Mm -hmm. So. There are alternatives out there.
3: Yeah, that's that's pretty neat.
1: Anyway, my soapbox is Or there's console coming. gaming. Yeah, there's always.
3: Yeah. Or or, or uh, computer. Computer. PC gaming. gaming.
1: Right. But who wants to do that, right? I'm I'm really starting to look at it. Um. All right, let's do a little tiny mat roll off and get. Oh wait, before. Oh shit, I forgot. We have an email from Germany. Oh, do we? Yes, I didn't we do see this one. So every time, Dennis, every time Dennis, that you send us an email instead of sending us a voicemail. I am going to read it with a German accent. Here we go. Guten Abend, guys. Let me start with this little introduction. My father told me, when I was five or so, a very special kind of bedtime story about an enchanted remote control, which could beam me into a movie of my choice. I thought the Empire searched for the Holy Grail, And was the rookie at the Ghostbusters headquarters. Now to my challenge for you. Each of you could choose two different movie scenarios that you would be, that you would like to experience an adventure in. And please tell us why you have chosen it. Have fun. Oh, and something about the new Pope or so. Have a good nice week and bis dann, Dennis. Nice. Thank you. Uh, so all right, so Jesse, you could be, beam yourself into two movies. Where, what adventures do you want to be a part of? Um, now this is tough. Like, can you die? If you
3: die in the movie, you die in real life. Yeah, it's the
1: Matrix. Uh, well, this whole thing, like, it's all contingent on whether you can die or not. Because, like, I'd love to be a part of Attack the Block. I'd like to be in the Attack the Block crew, but I could get my head ripped off by an alien. So I don't know and like Shaun of the Dead is the same thing. Um so I'm going to play it safe. Mhm. Uh I'm going to say I think I think that well, fuck it. I'll do I'll do Hot Fuzz. Just because I want to live in a nice country uh, British countryside villa. Okay. That would be nice. I'm gonna do for my
3: first pick, Blues Brothers. Oh yeah. Everyone's basically invulnerable in that That's movie. True. And there's a lot of driving like old Cadillacs super fast through the inner city. Yep. And like firing machine guns recklessly. Right. Plus good music, uh getting drunk at the western bar would yep. be fun and yep. throwing throwing beers at the cage. Yeah. So I'm in I'm in that one.
1: That's awesome.
3: And, I'd and- be the roadie, I guess.
1: Well, I mean, be dovetailing yeah. off of that. No, you'd be a new br- Blues Brother. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't work in that uh, one. No,
3: I, I'd, I wouldn't want to be a Blues Brother. I'm, maybe in the band.
1: Okay, yeah, in the band. That would be good. You could be the sax player. Yeah. tenor sax, maybe. <laughs> um, well, you know, I'm just going to steal yours, and I could be in the Blues Brothers if I was in Blues Brothers 2000, uh. so I'm going to snag that one.
3: Yeah, I don't know if that's a good answer. It's a
1: great answer because, <laughs> no, you don't have Jim Belushi, but you do have John Goodman, and I love me some John Goodman. And uh, I guess, oh, th- but then you're hanging out with Dan Aykroyd in his weird phase. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is like post-Dan Aykroyd on UFOs.
3: My, my second answer is Dan Aykroyd unplugged <laughs> on UFOs. <laughs> Just hanging out, shit <laughs> smoking, talking about aliens Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Why not? I found that DVD while I was cleaning out my old stuff from my parents' house.
1: <laughs> it's, it's on Netflix now. Oh! It's, it's on Netflix, watch instantly. Ah. Uh. Alright, well Jesse, I don't think we need to do a Facebook poll on this one, you obviously won. <laughs> uh, but just to recap, Eric, Hot Fuzz, and Blues Brothers 2000. Jesse, Blues Brothers, and Dan Aykroyd unplugged on UFOs.
3: Dan Ackroyd heavy suggestions.
1: Yeah, very heavy. He's in even, even in Ghostbusters. Oh man, did you see him on SNL this week? He is very heavy. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Bing bang boom. You're getting Any, too big. You're getting too big. <laughs> uh anyway, let's do a little tiny bit roll off. Jeez, we haven't started this podcast. <laughs> no, yet? I guess not. Alright, let's uh let's see. we're just gonna roll twenty sided dice, see who gets to talk first on the cast. We're rolled the or- seventeen. I rolled a one.
3: Whoa. King of the cast, baby. I'm king of the cast, and I'm going to be a merciful king and defer to oh you God. for top spot.
1: Well, thank you, Jesse. That was very nice of you and very kingly of you. Um, so this week, I'm going to talk about something I read on Reddit. Tusked whales, novels,
0: the unicorns of the sea.
2: Extra, extra,
3: it on Reddit, read it on Reddit.
0: And that's
1: the way it is. This was a thread that I found uh, on Ask Reddit, and usually Ask Reddit, it's usually the same question that's been asked a million times, but this one really uh, got me intrigued. And the question is, if the U.S. were a high school, which type of kid would Mm. each each state or city be? I
3: saw this one.
1: I thought it was really fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the top answer is Rhode Island is the really short kid that people forget about and ask, Hey, are you a freshman? But even though he's a senior, and I feel like the person who wrote this hasn't been the Rhode Island. <laughs> yeah, the,
3: the, the, the Rhode Island I saw was making a big statement. Yeah. And that was, <laughs> look how big of a piece of crap I can be.
1: <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Like, Rhode Island is like the kid who, like... It's a rich kid
3: that is, like, really acting out to get attention
1: See, I'm not even sure if he's rich. Like, what I was thinking is, like, Rhode Island is the kid that, like, nobody wants to hang around. But for some reason, he, like... It's constantly he, invited. Constantly invited to parties. Mm. He, <laughs> we're just offending everyone in Rhode Island right now. Good. He like, he, like, has the hookup on all the drugs. He's, like, basically the middleman. He's, like, the guy in Fast Times at Ridgemont High with, like, the slick back hair.
3: hmm
1: You know what I'm talking about? It's, like... He's like the guy that like nobody really wants to be friends with, but everybody has a connection to him because he's got the hookup on something. Yeah. Uh, but but That's yeah. We were when we were there, we were hanging out next to Brown University, so yeah. there were the Hoity toities <laughs> I like to think of like New England as like they're like a family. <laughs> so he's <laughs> in the New England family, but he's like the cousin.
2: They're a
3: family that lives uh two. Too many people in the family and too small of a house. Right. They're
1: all crammed in there together. They're all crammed in there, and, and he's the one who's, you know, he's he's the one who's the cousin. He's not actually in the family, but he's, yeah. like, living with the family. Yeah. Yeah, he ran <laughs> away. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this one's up next. It says, uh, Maine would be the kid everyone forgets about as soon as graduation rolls around.
3: Hmm. I don't feel like Maine's a super forgettable state. I don't think, I don't think it is either. It's
1: up there, it's an oven mitt. It's right, it's, it's a total oven mint. It's a baseball mitt. Uh huh. It's, it's home to the Perigos! Yeah, it's, it's trying to grab
3: the, uh, the fly ball that is England. I,
1: I, well, and I think that technically isn't Maine in New England? Or am I off here?
3: I don't think Maine is considered New England.
1: Okay. So what's New England? New England's Massachusetts. No, I mean it's
3: catching England, England. Oh, there you go. flying across the Atlantic.
1: I got it. It just got knocked by the club of Europe. I feel like Maine is in New England. I thought New England is like everything north of of Massachusetts. If only
3: there were some way to find
1: out. There's no way to find out. Yes, it is. Okay, so apparently (laughs) New England is Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine.
3: Well, I'm glad that we cleared that up
1: because we would have gotten an email. We totally would have gotten an email. From or the TO7. Yeah. 207. <laughs> From the 207. Uh, so, yeah. So, if Maine's in the New England family, so obviously, ba- Massachusetts is the loudest kid. He's the most popular kid in the New England family.
3: Mm hmm.
1: Then you got Connecticut. He's the rich kid. He wears the boat shoes and the chinos <laughs> and the sweater vest. Mm hmm. Then you got Vermont. Vermont is the hippie kid.
3: Yeah. Makes good food. Right. Kind of quiet.
1: I, New Hampshire, I guess New Hampshire's, uh, I heard of this American life about New Hampshire. I guess they're like really polite. Really? Yeah, apparently they're like the most polite state.
3: So he's the Canadian exchange student.
1: Exactly. And then finally you got Maine. I think, when I think Maine, I think like the Canada of New England. I'm thinking like, uh, like, you know, duck boots and, uh, flannel coats. And you might have a garage band. You might well, have it sounds a, like an all right place to me. You might have a maple syrup uh, farm. Uh huh. You kind of, you keep to yourself. You keep to yourself in Maine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so he lives
3: above the garage.
1: So I guess Maine is you. <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> I think you're the Maine. You're the if, Maine student.
3: If you replace um <laughs> maple syrup with beer, exactly. There you go. There I, you go. I'll
1: take that. All right. Uh, <laughs> back back to the thread. Um, all right, we got, uh, we got Vermont, artsy kid whose parents own a kale farm. Yeah, that's with the hippie. We already got that. Montana is the massive kid on the football team who looks scary, but is actually nice. I really like that description.
3: I like that. I've never been to Montana, but I'd really like to. You've never been to Montana? No. Montana. I've never been to Idaho either. Dude, you
1: would love Montana.
3: I feel like I would.
1: It is beautiful. And it's like Glacier National Park. Yellowstones, West Yellowstone's in Montana. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it's God's country, dude. It's it's like big sky world.
3: Yeah, Tosh and I were thinking of going out there sometime soon.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be re- it's it's a really good place to go, especially from here cuz it's like just far enough where you're far away but you could still get home. Right. Would, would you drive or fly? You could drive. It's I think it's 12 hours to Helena. So you like you could spend the night in Spokane.
3: Mm. Uh, also among the places I've never been
1: well there you go let's make it a let's make it an all-new place yeah uh I like New Mexico is a nice kid who has all the scary friends in the gang is
3: that a, is that a person in the school
1: I don't know uh, Hawaii is a kid who never wears shoes Alaska is the fat kid with a beard who wears flannel and gets A's in shop class
3: yeah that's my favorite
1: I like that too because somebody posted a picture of uh, of, uh, let's see, Tim the Tillman Taylor and who's his? Al. Al. Al Bundy. No. Not Al Doesn't... Bundy. <laughs> what was his last name? Al? I don't know. He said it in every show. Ah, if only there was a way to find out. <laughs> um, but I like this idea of building the football team.
3: Eh. Oh
1: because you have Montana so he's obviously in the football team he's your o-lineman and i mm. think we can all agree that texas is the quarterback
3: yeah it seems to be the consensus on the internet yeah. although i feel like he would be kind of overrated
1: yeah i well yeah that's the thing he's 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 the he's the quarterback and he's really cocky but he's not like all-state <laughs> yeah exactly although technically he is all-state i suppose nice uh but who else is on the football team uh, like, I feel like all of those, uh, all those wind tunnel states are in there. So you got North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Kansas. Like, that's straight up all football team.
3: Mississippi, Alabama are on the line
1: somewhere. No, I think Mississippi, Alabama are your wide receivers.
3: Uh, well, well, chubby for that.
1: Oh, I don't know. I, <laughs> but, like, think about Alabama football, man. No like perfect wide receiver
3: is Maine is already reaching up.
1: <laughs> it's got the gloves <laughs> calling for you. <laughs>
3: um, kick return guys, Hawaii.
1: Al Borland. Al mm-hmm. Borland, of course. Uh, kickoff turn could could be Florida as well.
3: Yeah, that's true.
1: Um, I feel like anywhere like all SEC states, so Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Florida. Those guys are all in the football team too. That, oh, yeah. It may not be their main focus, but they're, that's where they're at. And then all the guys up in the rushed belt, those are your basketball players. Uh huh. So, like, we got Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, uh, you know, those guys. I, I think Oregon would be a punter. I think Oregon's not on the team. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that, that brings us to our logical conclusion, which is the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. So. There was a uh, there was somebody on here, and it got quite a few up up votes um, of what Washington would be. But I also thought it was a little bit of a like the guy who wrote it was definitely from Washington. What what was it? Uh, Washington would be that awesome kid who's cool enough to roll with the cool kids, but not cool enough, but not too cool to hang out with the weird kids. Mm. Which is, come on.
3: Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe he is one of the weird kids who doesn't think he's a weird kid. Exactly.
1: He's the nerd who doesn't think he's the nerd. That's me.
3: Washington's weird when you
1: get a little bit outside of Seattle.
3: It's super weird. It's weird. It's,
1: it's really weird.
3: <laughs> I mean, I have two members of my family who are professional gooey duck
1: farmers. <laughs> 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 and that's like, that's the crazy thing about Washington is that it's so split down the middle. Yeah. Like Washington has a twin brother who's completely different than him. Called Eastern Washington. <laughs> Called Eastern Washington. A conjoined twin. Yeah, he's the, they're conjoined twins. He's, <laughs> but, Washington but is... was an atheist pot smoking
3: hippie and right one's like one's, a super Christian uh purity yeah. ring wearing Apple uh, Farmer conservative. Yeah.
1: Like that's this is this is the dichotomy. I think that's perfect. Washington is definitely a conjoined twin. Washington is like the uh the eastern side is very is very resentful of the western side because the western side gets all the chicks. But uh you know, the eastern side's doing its thing. The eastern side loves beer, the western side loves pot.
2: <laughs>
1: um and it's legal. But uh, it's really come on, the western
3: side loves beer too.
1: Yeah, that's true. But the the western side loves craft beer, and the eastern side loves Rainier. Yeah. Uh that's great. And then, so what do we got for Oregon? Because I think Oregon is the final on here. I mean.
3: Uh, that's a good question. I
1: think Oregon's hanging out with Vermont.
3: Oregon's like, uh, yeah, Oregon's definitely hanging out with Vermont. Vermont, he's, Colorado. He's in a band. Yep. Like, trying to make it big. He's, he's <laughs> been on the college radio station a few times. Yep. So that's kind of the claim to fame. But, you know, he's never going to get sent, signed to a real <laughs> label.
1: <laughs> I love this on the thread. They basically just say, Oregon is that white dude with dreadlocks. <laughs> yeah. Basically what I just <laughs> basically described. Basically that. <laughs> oh, also, Utah's definitely on the football team.
3: Oh, for sure. All right. Well, that's... The uh, Utah would be the more talented uh, backup, backup quarterback, quarterback. Yep. That you find out mid-season after the main quarterback gets injured.
1: Right. Throws Actually, out his shoulder. Yeah. Uh Busty wins like mode. the
3: next uh five out of six games after that.
1: Exactly. But then once Texas is back, uh once he's back to full strength, he's back to starting quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we do have listeners in Texas. we I don't know I don't know if what we're saying is offensive or not, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't I've I've I have no idea Texas. what any of this means. <laughs> uh anyway, so that's that's our take on the fifty states. Uh please let us know what your take is. Send us an email personal Or leave us a voicemail, 360 362 24 Jesse, what's your first topic?
3: So, uh, for my first topic, I'm going to talk about television.
0: Do you know what nemesis means?
3: As I mentioned, I'm staying at my parents' house this week. Right. And uh my parents have cable.
1: <laughs> I know. Which I'm not used to. <laughs> I know.
3: So I've been indulging. I've been watching this new shoe, shoe show, Pretty uh-huh. Big Shoe. Pretty Big Shoe. And it's become a total guilty pleasure. It's a Spike show and it's called Bar Rescue. Oh. Are you familiar with this? I am
1: not familiar. I don't have cable either, man.
3: Right. I know, but you never know. You never know. Uh, maybe you've been hanging out. Uh Anyway.
1: <laughs> if I were the, if I owned a bar, the I would definitely house. I would watch it at the bar. It would right. be on it would um, be on at the bar.
3: So it's basically uh nightmare kitchens. You know that that Gordon yeah.
1: Ramsay show? Yeah, there's like nightmare hotels now too.
3: Yeah, yeah. where they yeah, so the the premise is like there's a struggling bar that applies to be on the show. The specialist comes in, he does like a little recon thing and sends in someone to check it out, and then uh Afterwards, he comes in, confronts everyone, takes a look at the place, figures out what's wrong, and tries to figure out how to solve it, and then, like, relaunches it, rebrands the place, relaunches it, and hopefully it'll
1: become a successful bar after that. What bar is, like, not doing well?
3: Oh, according to this show, uh, last year there were like 3,000 bars in the U.S. that closed.
1: Uh, apparently they weren't in Seattle.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah, no. But, I've I mean, never, are,
1: I've never seen a bar close in Seattle.
3: I know. Even, well, yeah. The, the, the four B's in Ballard went without water for, like, a week. They had no <laughs> running water, and they're still okay.
1: Yeah, they're, still, they're better than ever.
3: Yeah. But, <laughs> but, like, some of these bars are really bad. And, uh, like, there's one episode where it, this bar was – it was an Irish bar that, like, had – Totally confused message, and they're like trying to sell margaritas and stuff, and there were $900,000 in debt. Wow. Which is a lot of dollars. Yep. And, um, another one, uh, which was in Austin called Headhunters, where, uh-huh. uh, there was literally cockroaches in the liquor bottles. Wow. Yeah, so like he took the liquor bottles off the shelf and poured them through a rag into a pine class, and there were like 20 cockroach corpses oh my
1: god were they selling that shit
3: yeah they tried to sell it to him when he came in to order a drink
1: what yeah and uh well apparently there are cockroaches everywhere cockroaches and cicadas that's that's Austin.
3: yeah well that's that's what you're drinking but it's a really good show i like it a lot (laughs) um I feel like it—it it might be a little bit of the extreme home makeover syndrome where they're just like, "All right, we fixed your problem," and they edit it right. to make it sound like a happy ending, and then leave, and then do you they know, have all like follow up loose.
1: Do they have any follow-up? They'll—they'll do
3: like four to eight weeks later, but just in text. You know, like sales have increased twenty-five percent or something like that.
1: <laughs> now they're only eight hundred thousand dollars a day. <laughs> yeah, I
3: know. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I, I've really been enjoying that and I've it's made me think a lot about uh bar ownership right. and I want to think maybe you and I could spitball some ideas Love for it. bars. Love and it. I I want to know like what your ideal bars are like. What are some things you look for in bars and kinda what are some things you would you would implement if you owned a bar. Well Jesse,
1: I think we've been to the perfect bar. I've been to the perfect bar.
3: Fortunately
1: <laughs> no one can go there anymore. It's a mystical land.
3: Oh, I know what you're talking about. Well, see, this is one of the bars that closed down
1: <laughs> that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, but like, how?
3: Like Tax the, evasion is how. I guess
1: tax evasion is the way. But of course I'm talking about the Maple Leaf Tavern in Bremerton.
3: Yeah, this hasn't come up on the podcast in a while. It hasn't.
1: I think we need to repaint the picture. Jesse, can you start yeah. off, What what is the Maple Leaf Tavern?
3: Well, the Maple Leaf is kind of a legendary dive bar in Bremerton, Washington, the town that Eric and I sorta of hail from. Right. Not and, even sorta.
1: We actually hail from there.
3: Well, Brownsville, Tracyton. Well. Anyway, we're g- we're getting pretty deep here <laughs> in the Kids Peninsula right. geography. Um, if you looked at it from the outside, it would look like a one room shack.
1: It looks like a house.
3: It looks like a house. And it looks like a one bedroom house. It looks
1: like a condemned one bedroom house.
3: <laughs> yeah, with sacking roofs and broken uh Broken windows, but then you walk in block foundation.
1: So you walk in, and the reason why they call it the Maple Leaf Tavern is because apparently it was built on the stumps of maple maple trees. Um, but nobody ripped the stumps out of the ground, so whatever growth that was still (laughs) in those uh, craggly old stumps uh, is now reaching through the floorboards, and Mm -hmm. the two by fours that make up the floor are. Uneven and have sticks poking through them. Yeah. You walk through, it doesn't matter what time of year it is, they're showing a Mariners game. <laughs> uh, could be, could be the middle of November and they have some Mariners game up. Everybody- That's not
3: true. Sometimes they play the, uh, military channel.
1: That's true. That and is. And have,
3: uh, black and white footage of planes during World War II. Exactly. Sh- Dogfights.
1: Yeah. Uh they only serve beer in cans, really? They might have <laughs> one beer on tap. Uh the people on the bar stools have been there for 40 years. Mhm. Uh they're basically museum pieces. There is one booth. Uh I I do love that you walk in and directly to your left there is a <laughs> just a regular coffee machine. <laughs> like, just the just regular coffee machine. That the was probably. Coffee pot, yeah. yeah, just picked up at Goodwill or something. <laughs> and then, uh, and then there's hot dogs. Self service hot dogs. Self serve hot dogs, 25 cents. Can't beat that anywhere.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, uh, I, I ate uh, numerous of those. Uh, go in the bathroom. Uh, they decided to wallpaper the men's room in, uh, Playboy Centerfolds. Mm hmm. Um, so that's, that's interesting. But we haven't even gotten to the best part. That's the beer garden. Jesse, what's the beer garden all about? Uh, it's kind of a
3: hodgepodge of, uh, I don't know, basketball half court yep. meets sand from the horseshoe pit right. meets a homemade miniature golf course meets giant piles of
1: rebar. <laughs> because they basically, this house was built next to a giant retaining wall. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing the retaining wall was built after the house. So they were like, why don't we just turn the retaining wall into a uh, beer garden? <laughs>
3: That's true. They made, they made hay while the sun shone.
1: So they built a fence out of uh, out of cinder blocks. And then all of the stuff they didn't use, they just left in a pile. A <laughs>
3: <laughs> giant pile that stray cats live in.
1: And, you may and then have, they poop in the horseshoe. Pit. Exactly, and you might have heard that there's a mini golf course, but it's actually just like this weird concrete sculpture with a bunch of holes in it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and like PVC pipe. Yeah, PVC pipe, and uh, it's find a putter, find a ball. <laughs> it, don't worry, it's conveniently located in the giant
3: pile of rusty right. rebar. <laughs>
1: exactly, <laughs> or you can use, or you can uh, shoot a a, a a flat basketball through the hoop. Yep, that's always fun too. So if you're gonna get drunk anywhere in in Bremerton, this was the place. Unfortunately, they had tax evasion and they had to shut down.
3: That would have been such a good episode of Bar Rescue. Oh god, it would have been so good. Yes,
1: Uh and it had good lore. Like apparently, the house was a brothel at one point. It was like mm-hmm. some hundred year old house. I don't know. It was. So is that
3: what you would go with?
1: Well, I <laughs> all I'm saying from there is that I appreciate a dive bar. I appreciate. Man, I should this.
3: buy that and reopen it as a speakeasy.
1: Yeah. Well, that's and then the legend continues. Well, those are some other things. Like I love a good speakeasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some cool speakeasies here in Seattle where you have to like go into a bar and like cl- pick up a phone and then give them your name and then they like call you in like an hour and then you go up inside. Right. It's cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, I like. Uh, I like. Well,
3: speaking of speakeasies, yeah, as it were. Um, the reason I'm in Bremerton this week is because Tasha, uh, my fiancé, is taking a k- distilling class in Gig Harbor. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Bremerton's located halfway between Port Townsend and Gig Harbor. Again, with the uh, Kitsap Peninsula Deep Cuts Geography yeah. Edition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so, like, I've been thinking a lot about opening a distillery and having, you know, a tasting room. Yeah. Tasting rooms have limited size, limited number of patrons can be in them by their nature. So I was like, well, then you could make it a speakeasy because you can't have that many people anyway. Exactly. Focus on making it like cool and secretive and stuff. And this was my idea for a speakeasy. 1920s, you know, that's the prohibition era, the high, you know, the high days of speakeasies, but a little played out. Yeah. My idea is like 1941 French resistance.
1: Oh, I like it.
3: And the whole theme is you've, you're invited to this, like, uh, lounge area for the French resistance. And each room would, like, there'd be like three rooms and each one is thematically, like, highlights a different allied power. There'd be like the English room, the American room, and the Russian room. Uh huh. And then, like, all your, all your drink cocktails. Don't forget,
1: don't forget the Canadian room. I know it's part of the British (laughs) Empire, but they deserve their own room.
3: Don't worry. That'll be a bathroom.
1: Okay. <laughs> Proceed
3: and um, and then, like, all your mix drinks could be like thematically based off of the Allied powers, like vodka-based stuff could be like you know the crazy Russian or like based off of tank names or like the Molotov
1: right. cocktail or something. Oh, the Molotov cocktail! Come on, that writes itself. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah. anyway that that's one of the bar ideas I've been having lately.
1: I love it. I, uh, you know, I think that there has to be like a main bar that's like a French bar, though.
3: Yeah, no, the whole thing encompassing would be, like, French, but each one would just have, like, uh, each of these, like, private—well, not oh, private, dude, but I, I just
1: love the idea of having separate rooms, and in order to get a certain drink, you need to be in a certain room.
3: <laughs> oh, I like that, too. Then yeah. you'd have to hire three extra bartenders, so—
1: Well, what are you going to
3: do? <laughs> or one could just run over. I also
1: love the idea oh, of right. having, like, a password drink. So, in order to order a certain drink, you need to know the password.
3: Oh, that's pretty interesting.
1: Also, finally, mounted animal heads. Another thing that you could think about would be, you know, one of the cool crazes that's going on here in Seattle is indoor sports. So, like, they just opened Von Traps in Capitol Hill, and it's got indoor bocce ball courts. Oh. And, like, darts, shuffle puck. Shuffle puck's great to have in a bar. Um, I did.
3: I've never heard it called shuffle puck before.
1: You haven't? No, is I've it... only heard it as shuffle board. Well, shuffle board is like a game you play on a cruise ship with old people.
3: Yeah, it's, I mean it makes sense. I've just never heard it that yeah. way before. I've, I love it's
1: called the it shuffle puck.
3: I love it. That's such a fun game.
1: What? But what indoor sport would be in your bar?
3: Uh, well, it maybe not in the the French Resistance one. Let's see. What yeah. indoor
1: sports? I like indoor croquet, personally. Mm, but you have, to have a, you have to have your own croquet area.
3: What about like, badminton?
1: Oh god, I love it. <laughs> I love it.
3: Beer in hand badminton.
1: Also, I just love the idea of, of entertainment sport. So I don't think anything could beat like a little sumo mat in the middle.
3: Uh, yeah, that, that, that could, that could turn ugly.
1: Well, this isn't for the patrons. This is just for entertainment.
3: Oh, yeah, professional sumo guys professional come in. Professional
1: sumo guys come in.
3: Oh, the sumo bar would be awesome. Yeah,
1: sumo bar would be incredible. And,
3: and then if, if, if between... you had a kitchen, you could highlight, like, super high-calorie foods.
1: Exactly. Oh, yeah,
3: <laughs> Nothing <laughs> on the menu under 2,000 calories.
1: And between the fights, you get two people up there in those uh, inflatable sumo outfits.
3: Uh-huh. uh-huh. And then they
1: get to go at it.
3: Yeah, and then you can do brackets. Or just,
1: why even have that? Just just go straight for the inflatable sumo outfits. You don't need the actual sumo wrestlers.
3: No, I think that's a big draw.
1: Oh, it is? Yeah, okay.
3: having having the real guys.
1: All right, well, then you gotta have sushi.
3: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: Well, I think we fleshed this idea out. Mm-hmm, I agree. Um, so, moral of
3: the story, Bar Rescue on Spike's a pretty good show, and you can watch a bunch of episodes on Spike.com.
1: Do it. All right, well... uh we're going to move on to our first break, but before we do, we did get an email, and I forgot to talk about it, but it's from a lady listener, and, uh, you know, one of the things we've never gotten, like, we have great lady listeners. We have uh, Aaron Pittman, who wrote us this email. We have Christy Johnson, who likes every single uh, <laughs> every single one of our posts that we ever post on, on Personal Arrogance on our Facebook page. We have Angela Martinez who almost got her brothers to come and hang out with us in Colorado. We've got great lady guests, or guests, lady fans. Um, and we'd love to hear from you. We haven't gotten a phone call from a lady yet, so you could be the Susan B. Anthony of this podcast and actually call in, which would be awesome. But Aaron did write us an email. She says, hi, gents. I'm enjoying last week's podcast while working today and just noticed Jesse referred to his lady as his fiancée, uh, which you also just did, Jesse. I know. Yeah. Is this new, and if so or not, maybe I just missed the news. It's relatively new.
3: It's pretty, I don't know, it's like four months old, five months old at this point.
1: Well, it's, whatever.
3: Uh, yeah, it's way. relatively new. I just have, I find fiancé to be a weird word It's to so say. weird
1: to say. Fiancé. Yeah, that's why you only have to say it for like a, a little while.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um. Um, but yeah, thank you. I'm very happy, and we actually did just get the ring, so oh, now cool. it, now it's
1: official. Yeah, we did that, too. We got engaged, and we got the ring later. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, But she says, either way, I just wanted to say congratulations. As a girl nerd who is also engaged, I really enjoyed listening to Eric talk about some of his wedding planning stuff uh, from a guy's perspective and found the bachelor party talk hilarious and sweet. Uh, have a great rest of your week, and I look forward to the next cast. So, uh Aaron, thank you for so much for writing in. Uh and, and congratulations on your engagement. Right. I hope you have a great nerd wedding. hmm Uh I can guarantee, and Jesse, I feel a lot of pressure because I don't think anybody's gonna have a better best man speech than you had. <laughs> but
3: Well, I I had a I had a lot of time to think about it in a job that was pretty monotonous. <laughs> so it was up in the <laughs> noggin, kicking
1: around a lot. Well, it was a good one. Thanks. Uh, I enjoyed giving it. Thank you. Uh, All right. Well, let's move on to some trivia. I got World Domination back out. This is our weird Australian uh, trivia game that Brad Omen got us. It is cool, and it is weird. So I'm going to roll a six-sided die to see which continent we're going to do. And it's a one, which means, Jesse, you better win because it's Australia. Oh, number one continent. All right. (laughs) Uh, Jesse, do you want to go first or second? I'll go first. Okay. What <laughs> kind of soul will Australians keep if invaded, according to Advance Australia Fair? What kind of soul? Soul. S O U L.
3: Will they keep if Australia is invaded?
1: Right, according to Advance Australia Fair.
3: Advance. Such a weird question kind of soul? Uh, true
1: blue. I'm gonna go with strong. A British soul.
3: Oh, that must be some e- expression.
1: I think it's in their national anthem. Isn't that their national anthem?
3: Uh, I choose to only recognize Walt Matilda.
1: Well, that makes sense. Wouldn't we all? Uh, This question's for me. Who scored a huge Australian hit... In 1975, with Girls on the Avenue, I'm going to go with, uh, with, uh, 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 who's that lady from Greece? Not John Travolta, but Olivia Newton John.
3: <laughs> Not John Travolta.
1: Not John Travolta. Olivia Newton John. What are you going to say, Jesse?
3: Uh, the Eurythmics?
1: Richard Clapton. We are knocking it out of the park this week with uh-huh. Australian trivia. Jesse, this one's for you. What is Shane Warren's middle name?
3: Oh, I I should get bonus credit for just even knowing who he is.
1: <laughs> who is he? He's a cricketer. Oh, okay. I
3: don't know. Shane McCain, just she- like this podcaster's
1: middle name. I'm going to say John. Keith. Yeah, oh, that's a pretty Australian name. All right. This was for me. If I get it, I win. Which Australian movie is reputedly based on the Anita Cobby murder? Uh, I'm gonna go with, uh, Kangaroos and Wallaboos. Let's, let's just go with, uh, Mad Max. It's the boys. The boys. right. That means it's general knowledge time. We're gonna do a general knowledge question. And Jesse, uh, you get to talk first. It's a general knowledge question. Who's ever closest to the answer wins? Uh, and we'll figure out who's closest to the answer after we ask it. What is the largest animal on Earth?
3: Um, is that the blue whale?
1: I'm going to go with the whale shark. And you got it. The blue whale. Jesse, you win. Congratulations. <sighs> what a great week for trivia. <laughs> <laughs> So, Jesse, you won the roll-off, but you deferred to me. Does that mean I get the second topic? Um, Yeah, I want you to go ahead with it. All right. Well, this week we do have a special guest on the cast. I'm bringing him in all the way from Austin, Texas, via Olympia, Washington.
0: Guest.
1: Here we are with our South by Southwest correspondent, Mitch Netzer. Mitch, how are you doing?
2: Pretty good, Eric. Jesse, how you guys doing? Great. Well.
1: Excellent. Well. Awesome. So we have a uh, we have a tradition here on the Personal Arrogance Podcast of uh, whenever we go to our favorite convention. I know, Mitch, this is probably your favorite convention as well, uh, PAX. Heck every yes. year. Yeah, of course. Every year we do the PAXIs, which are the Personal Arrogance Exposition Experience Awards. But, you know, those uh, the PAXIs are not just for PAX. They're for any experience that an arrogant may have. And, Mitch, I've known you for a long time. This is your first time on the show.
2: So congratulations yes. for that. I've called in. I've called in before. You have
1: called in. That's true. Um but uh but since you went to South by Southwest this year, uh we uh, we thought it'd be nice to have you on the show and maybe we'll do a little Paxies for South by Southwest.
2: Perfect.
1: So first off, like just can you just paint us a picture of what South by Southwest is like and like, you know, is it's it's not really an expo, it's more of a get together? I don't what what exactly yes. is it?
2: So, South by Southwest is about three weeks long. Um, they have the interactive conference and then they have the film festival, uh, that kind of runs into the back end of the interactive. And then at the end of the interactive, the, uh, music festival starts. So there's kind of three portions to it. Right. And you kind of buy your ticket for each section. But what happens is you have, uh, all kinds of sessions and keynote speakers, and uh, there's the uh, show floor where you can go see all the all the different kinds of new tech or software coming out. Okay, and uh, just talk with people. So it all takes place at the Austin Convention Center oh. um, and around it, actually, too.
1: So it kind of it basically is a convention. It's like panels and uh, expo hall. Oh yeah. Okay, definitely. So uh, and then are there parties and stuff? There are parties what are the part what are the part do should we should we talk about what the best thing was before we talk about the parties?
2: yeah, yeah, we can go into those first. okay so so
1: what's the best what's the best thing at South by South and you went to the interactive conference?
2: yeah, I went to the interactive okay. conference. you can get into some of the film stuff, but right. generally it's just all the interactive stuff, which is just online content um, and all that all that kind of good stuff uh, social networking yeah. marketing all that Google chat. Um, Yes, Google <laughs> Chat. <laughs> um,
1: so so what was the best thing at the interactive conference?
2: So other than the fact that it didn't rain the whole time, I'm from the Seattle area too. Oh. And I left, it was raining. I came back, it was raining. Right. Um, it rained once while I was down there. But otherwise it was like perfect sunny in 70. Nice. Other than that, like feeling like I'm living in Hawaii. Uh-huh.
1: Uh huh. That's a desert. There- <laughs> You're technically in the <laughs> desert true okay well you know but other than anyway. that
2: <laughs> but just uh the atmosphere with everyone there it's uh-huh. a it's it's a really different place to go because i mean you go to pax you go to comic cons and things like that you have just that one thing in common with everyone either video games or comics uh just but this is just general geekery and We're nerd them all around so it's you. You can connect with people on a whole new level, and well, actually, multiple levels. Really, like while you're just sitting in line, when you're just eating lunch or whatever, everyone's just wanting to talk about general geeky subjects, which is just it's just awesome.
1: And there are parties.
2: And there are parties. So, yes. So uh, what are the parties like? So, so I could go into a little bit of a story here, but do it. Go into okay. a story.
0: Tell so a story, Mitchell.
2: Are you guys familiar with uh, Gary Benercheck? Uh
1: paint, paint a picture he, for us.
2: So he's uh, this wine connoisseur guy. He started, uh, he like inherited his family's wine business or something like that, and he turned it into like a small mom and pop shop to like a huge international multi million dollar business using social media and online marketing. Uh-huh. So he's a pretty big guy when it comes to like online marketing. Like he's everyone's hero uh-huh. there. Okay. So he hosts a party once a year. And you have no idea what day it's going to be. And the day of he'll tweet it out, say, okay, the party's tonight. And then as the time gets closer, everyone's like, all right, we got to, we got to prep for Gary's party tonight. Right. And, uh, as time gets closer, it's like an hour or two out. He'll be like, all right, party is, uh, going to be around 1130. Like, all right, we got two hours to wait. So we should probably get downtown and wrap up anything we're done and they'll go all right party is on sixth street and you're like all right so we'll go to sixth and i mean there's like a hundred bars on sixth right. street it's insane and then like a half hour before he goes all right it's gonna be near sixth in congress that's what he said this year so you're just like following him on twitter that's the only way right. you can
1: do this and there's like a, a slowly amassing this group of people yeah, you,
2: you can see like a group of like people because i mean only like 500 to a thousand can get into this party yeah well so, just
1: Jess, jesse can get in i promise Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, this is basically just our strategy for pax except minus the tweeting like we just find the the big the group of people congregating somewhere and then we kind of stand around and then jesse ta- sweet talks his way in
2: exactly it's it, it you just got you got to follow the crowd yeah. so it's uh imagine it like you know the uh the penguin documentary, whatever it was, oh. where there's just, all the penguins are just congregating.
1: Right. A happy and feet.
2: Only most of them are drunk. <laughs> so yeah. Happy uh, feet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and then, He'll be like, all right, so it's actually going to happen at midnight, not 11.30. 7, ah, you know,
1: bait and switch. Come on.
2: Yeah, so. And it's actually going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and the whole time he's tweeting like, oh, we can't find a place to have this. We can't. Oh, everything's falling through. And he, he's just messing with you the whole time. Of course. and You know, just, just teasing you. And then finally he goes, all right, it's going to be announced at midnight and so everyone's just refreshing and our phones are gonna die so we're like in a bar in the back plugged into the wall <laughs> and just refreshing twitter just just like true geeks should you know uh-huh, yeah. not even drinking in this bar at this point because right. we're trying to trying to reserve ourselves and yeah, for,
1: uh, presumably all the free it's a it's a regular bacchanal it's just like the most free wine you could ever think of
2: this one wasn't free wine oh like, out of all the parties that had free alcohol there and were just wide open bar, wide open food, just people uh-huh. coming around with trays, this one didn't have free part, uh-huh. free, uh, hey, free boots.
3: You know how he became a successful, uh, wine salesman? How? It wasn't
2: by giving away a bunch of free wine. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you, Jesse.
2: Yeah, go on. <laughs> so he finally is like, all right, it's going to be at this bar called My Place and it's at this address and he tweets out the address and uh-huh. we're like oh crap we're standing out front of this bar and we're looking around up and down the street and i just look up and it's right in front of us across the street and just out of my peripheral vision all you can see is just like herds <laughs> of people sprinting with their phones out that's awesome
1: out. <laughs> that's awesome
2: yeah so we we're like so we join in we sprint right up to the yeah. front we get in like first 20
1: gentlemen um, elbows out
2: yeah exactly so we're all in there, and the bar's already full because and people are in there. They had no idea that that's where the party was going to be. Uh-huh. So the bar's already full by the time you know we're front twenty. So we're waiting out there. We have to wait like five, maybe ten minutes. By the time twenty people trickle out, right? And so we get in there, and we'd been hanging out the whole night, and uh, we had been to the you know. At the free booze parties yeah. and stuff. And this was just insane. Like two DJs spitting back and forth. Uh, the CEO of Zappos was there. Oh, a uh, cu- couple other big guys. He's he just were there. throwing
1: shoes at people? <laughs>
2: <laughs> he was in the balcony. I was wishing he was going to throw shoes at <laughs> That would be on.
3: awesome. Uh, just just people. It was, people. And the, and it was like George Bush in, uh, in,
1: <laughs> F- in, in Iraq. Iraq. Yeah. He's, he, he, he watched that video. He got his, he got his form down. Yeah, uh, just just I mean, it would be like a cool game if, like, you throw the shoes out, but they're not in boxes or anything, and then you have to pair up your shoe.
2: Yeah, you just gotta hope you find other the second. <laughs> it's, like, it's like
1: a weird key party, <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so uh, so,
2: so it's that's pretty... what you go home with that night. Whoever finds your other shoes <laughs> exactly. So.
1: Yeah, you tie the laces together, you throw them over a, a, a phone wire, and then <laughs> and then have a good night. That's the type of person I'm interested in. Someone with exactly the same size sh- feet. As exactly, me. it's very practical.
2: It works. So uh everyone went home that night. Uh, no, so uh, everyone
1: did go home that night.
2: <laughs> and apparently Ashton Kutcher was there. I have no oh. idea. So I d- yeah. I don't know. It was it was a crazy night. Uh, we ended up at a bar where there was a dancing robot. Oh, was it so, a real uh, robot? No, it was a cardboard box oh, robot. It, okay. Pic, picture the worst cosplay robot you've oh, ever seen at PAX.
1: I saw that on your Twitter, I think. Yes, that's yeah. what it
2: was. So uh, it was a pretty intense night. I mean, there's other nights like where there's like the Cloud Lounge that's sponsored, and they'll do uh-huh. like, you know, free booze all night. And you got to RSVP before you're even in uh, at South by Southwest. Right. And then you get to stand in line and hope that you get in.
1: Yeah, like a and, PAX party. Yeah, so... Um. So this sounds like so. It just does sound awesome. I mean, it sounds really, really cool. But it also sounds pretty like, uh, hipsterish.
2: Yeah. so... I think that's
1: that's kind of the that's kind of the the rep that South by Southwest gets is that it's pretty hipster.
2: Yeah. So going into the worst thing about South by Southwest. Okay. Perfect segue. (laughs) (laughs) Just hipsters everywhere. Uh huh. Uh, I've never seen so many horn rimmed glasses (laughs) like. Hey, Just man. amassed in one single area. Now, there's a Drew Carey convention that week, also. Yeah. 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 So, the, to the be whose fair. Whose line is it be-
1: anyway, con? <laughs>
2: <laughs> whose con is it anyway? Yeah. Uh, that really is. Uh, you know, it starts off with the interactive conference. A lot of people. Yeah, I went there for my work, actually. Right. And a lot of people with the interactive conference are there for work. Uh-huh. And. But as time goes on, the film festival starts up, and then, like, the last day or two, it's, you know, gearing up for the music fest. And right. that's when it just goes full swing hipster. And right. Just, I mean, you're walking down 6th, then it turns from a, you know, a classy party street to just, like, pot smoke everywhere. Well, so, you know, so it's- does
1: Denver. <laughs> Night <of the> week.
2: <laughs> so does so-
1: my workplace. <laughs> <laughs> well... It's, you know, I guess I guess it's a small price to pay. I'm not saying hipsters are terrible. I'm just saying, like you know, those 20 people who trickled out of the bar, uh, well, so that you could get in, those were the hipsters because they had already been to the party.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're we're definitely late to the party there. So.
1: It totally. You're on time. You're 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 three days late.
2: So I know that I'm not a hipster, so that's good, I guess. Yeah.
1: Well, you are rocking a V neck right now. I could see you on the Skype.
2: Oh, my video's on.
1: No, I could see a screenshot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I've just been staring into your, your non horn rimmed framed eyes. Uh, so what is, what was the weirdest thing from South by Southwest 2013?
2: So, weirdest thing, um, is that no, nothing took me by surprise. Usually, oh. like, you're, You, you know, I followed South by Southwest the entire time, you know, on Twitter, and you know, I'm reading it off Mashable on these blogs, and uh, like just stuff blowing my mind. You know, like Twitter was launched here. Yeah. And did you did I see you get a picture with the founder of Twitter? uh, No, founder of Dig. uh, Founder Dig. Sorry,
1: sorry, Kevin Rose. I mean, that's cool.
2: Yeah. So that was cool. I mean, you meet a lot of cool people there.
1: You were very close to Totally Rad Show.
2: well. Hey, oh, you met those guys too. I got my picture with uh, Alex Albrecht of the the really rap show too so wow. I have I have indignation complete there you go stuff. so
1: achievement unlocked <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> but frankly so, nothing really surprising
2: nothing yeah that's that, that was the weirdest thing you know yeah. you you go to this huge conference and it's it's about uh, I think 20,000 people 20 or thirty thousand people is the interactive conference so it's it's uh it's pretty good size but you know nothing there that really like you, you know you see the new tech hitting the market and you're just like wow, this is blowing my mind. And right. there's none of that really. I I went to the uh, Google Glass demonstration.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Where, you know what the glasses oh, cool. that you wear and it does like the uh
1: Yeah, it records everything you see.
2: Yeah, it's you know uh-huh. super creeper. Yep. But uh even even that was just <laughs> It's Reddit's tech- wet dream. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so post to Reddit, yeah. Right. Glass, post to Reddit. So but even that was just like, well, it's you know, it's it's cool augmented reality. But my iPhone does that right, right now, except right. for I'd be wearing it on my face. So. <laughs> yeah,
1: do you really want to wear your iPhone on your face? You basically wear it on your hand all the time.
2: That's anyway. true. That's true. So it's not like I really need it. Right. So it's just it's a hands-free iPhone, is what it is.
1: Oh. Well, but doesn't it also, like, I was under the impression, like, if you wanted to look for some, if you, like, looked at a building, like, this is ridiculous, but if you looked at the Space Needle and you were, like, Google Glass, Space Needle, or, like, it would, like, look at the Space Needle and know that, to bring up stats on the Space Needle or
2: something. So they kind of showed that, yeah. and it, it, it was kind of wonky, like, because they are trying to show it on a screen, but they can't show, like, live video feed so they're just showing the pop-ups over black video.
1: Cool. So it was... A,
2: it's a little lame, but, you know, that's the best they could do, apparently. Um, you know, that's the best Google can do, but, uh, it, it, it they didn't really go into much of that. They, they kind of touted it as this, this demonstration. And then yeah. you go in there and they just talked about the API, you know, for developing software for uh-huh. it. So people can, you know, Twitter could make a app for it. So you could post to Twitter or yeah,
1: whatever. Don't worry. They probably already have.
2: Yeah. No kidding.
1: So. Yeah. So it's basically a Bluetooth for your face.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> All, right. All right. So finally, uh, there's got to be swag. What was the best swag at South by Southwest?
2: So no, Getty Images was there, an iStock photo, I think, together. Mm-hmm. And they were uh, – this This is second. They were they were cool. They were printing off these big 13 by 19 really high-end photos that you could print from their site. Uh-huh. Just pick one photo and print it. Oh. That was cool. But the thing, this is really stupid. The thing I was most excited about was this uh, piece. It slips onto the end of your iPhone over the speakers. Uh-huh. And it's got like a trumpet piece. That, oh, like, yeah. i see those. Yeah. And it amplifies the sound. And it does a really good job. Yeah, it works great. And it also works as a kickstand. I was super <laughs> pumped about this stupid thing. And they
1: look I, like Dr. Seuss like uh, did plastic surgery on your
2: phone. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like this ginormous, like, blue, like, silicon thing. But
1: <laughs> yeah, we won't go there.
2: Yeah. Let's just leave it
1: there. <laughs> well, thank you, Mitch. Thank you. So uh, it, for wrap-up, best thing at South by Southwest was the people. Worst thing was the hipsters, who were technically part of the people. But we won't hold that against you.
2: <laughs> I know. It's it's ironic. It is. I'm it is.
1: Hipster. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, and then uh, weirdest thing was that nothing was cool, and then best swag was a cool trumpet thing, which is also ironic.
2: I feel like I really sold South by Southwest to people.
1: I think you did, Mitch. Uh, so why don't you sell some other stuff? Where, where can people get, uh, hear your voice and see your tweets? Uh,
2: so you can find me, uh, on Twitter at Mitch Netzer. Uh-huh. Uh, and you can find my podcast. I do a podcast about, uh, solely about comic books, uh, at comics underscore sans. Right. And you can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash the comics sands.
1: And you can find it on iTunes, right?
2: And you can find us on iTunes there, so.
1: then if you like comic books, so it's basically, it's, you're new to comic books, but you got people in there who are super, like...
2: Yeah, so we come at it from uh, kind of three different perspectives. I'm uh-huh. kind of the noob with comics. I've been reading for just about a year, and uh, then I have, uh, there's another buddy, Mike, who uh, has been reading for a while, kind of an enthusiast, and then we have Sam, who's... Uh, been reading for quite a while and works at a comic shop and he's kind of our lore master. So,
1: well, there you go. Everybody yeah. needs I lore master.
2: I have a comics question,
3: Mitch. Okay. Uh, what, what's a good way to price comic books, price to like, like, find books.
2: out their vault, vo- their value. Best way I do it is eBay.
3: Okay. What if, uh, you did that and couldn't find the edition of the, the uh, comic book you were looking for?
2: A good website, um, rule of thumb is, uh, comicbookresources.com. Um, All right. And then there's also Mile High Comics. They sell a lot of comics.
3: Okay. I'll check that out. I have, I actually, I was cleaning out some of my gear and, uh, found a comic book that I think might be worth something.
1: Ooh, ooh.
2: It's
3: the, uh, the first, uh, printing of Marvel Zombies number one. No, oh, it's oh. not worth
2: anything. You can just send yeah. it my way.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I already... I, I just threw it in the fireplace because he said that.
2: Yeah. Okay, well, keep it, keep you warm. Jesse yeah. keeps
1: a roaring fire next to him at all times and is constantly <laughs> looking for fuel. He's got to, to keep no a baby game that thing.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Well, Mitch, Mitch, Mitchell, thank you so much for being a part of the cast. Uh, it's good to talk to you. And thanks yeah. for giving us a scoop on South by Southwest 2013. This has been the Paxies. For SX13. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Well that's Mitch, isn't he a nice guy? Funny, funny stuff. Funny stuff. Alright, Jesse, what's your second topic?
3: Uh well, uh keeping with the theme that I've been throwing out there of being a booze hound, mm-hmm. I want to talk about a fun game. Here we go.
2: Gym.
3: Um. This is a game for the iPad, and okay. iPod, I think, also.
1: Okay. iOS?
3: iOS, and it's called Nimble Strong, Bartender in Training. Ooh. And uh, it's the most useful game that I think I've ever played on an iOS device.
1: Why is it useful?
3: Well, here's the premise. You're Nimble Strong. Okay. And uh you're going to open up a bar with your best friend uh-huh. and your girlfriend. And then oh no, you find out they've been cheating. <laughs> oh or she's no, she's been cheating
1: on you. With your best friend? Yeah. What a lox. So this means you're out of the that bar
3: opening plan. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. And you,
3: and you uh you start bartending at this legendary bar where like cocktails are king. Okay. But you don't know anything, so you're going to learn how to bartend on the job. Okay. So the customers come in and you have like this mentor and basically anytime someone places an order for a new style of drink, they teach you how to make it. Okay. And you have like, you start with your glass and you always fill that up with ice. And then you have like your liquor cabinet, your mixer cabinet, uh, your garnishes and your tools.
0: Uh-huh. And
3: it's, it's a rhythm based game. So oh. the order comes up and you're like using the rhythm to, uh, Accurately measure out ingredients, right? And then, depending on what it is, you'll use different tools like a shaker or like a muddler uh-huh. to like grind up the the mint or whatever for a mojito, and then serve it. And you're trying to do it as fast as you can and get all your pores accurate.
1: That's cool. I like rhythm games, Jesse, but you're not a big fan of rhythm games.
3: See, uh, yeah, I mean the rhythm aspect is totally suited thematically for this because it's all about getting your pores right so it's about like Uh not adding too much of this ingredient because it'll screw up the flavor you know okay so in in that aspect i really appreciate the rhythm uh element to it yeah
1: because i mean in a game in a game like rock band the rhythm element really doesn't fit with the theme at all.
3: (laughs) shut up i just don't enjoy (laughs) those games very much okay (laughs) but i mean this is light-hearted it's fun like the style is, like, Japanese role-playing game, which gets a little tiresome. Uh-huh. But, um, you're actually learning these drink recipes. Cool. And as you get better at the game, you, unlike something like Rock Band, where you don't actually get better at guitar, <laughs> you are getting better at your mixology <laughs> and memorizing, uh, the drinks. Because, like, you have, like, your little recipe guide, but the clock's still ticking while you look at it. And right. if you, you have to look at it too many times, then, uh you're going to run out of time and remake the drink. So you're trying to like commit these recipes to memory and they're telling you like a little bit of history between behind the different cocktails. And sometimes you have to make like two at once, but uh-huh. they'll have like similar ingredients. Yeah. So, but you know, there'll be two different drinks with similar ingredients. So you're touching both of them at the same time to like save time. Oh, well, that makes uh, a lot of sense. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of cool. And then, uh, there's a, you, you get like in-game tips based off of, um, how well you did. Ooh. And you get graded on how well you do make the drink. And, uh, you're penalized for like being too slow or for, uh, over pouring or under pouring certain ingredients. Or sometimes you just can straight fail. Like if you add the wrong ingredient, you're like, no good. Start over. Fired
1: yeah <laughs> so do you actually get to work up to building your own bar?
3: No, I don't think it gets no. to that, but where I would it think does... that like
1: your best friend and your girlfriend would then go start their own bar and then <laughs> you eventually have to work your way up to crush them.
3: oh well, that could be i don't know i'm I'm not that advanced in it oh, okay but um uh Outside of the game, it has, like, a recipe book where you can unlock the recipes with the in-game money you've earned from playing the game. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, and then uh there's a survival mode, which is, like, a minigame mode where yeah. you don't have a recipe to anything. It's all based off of your knowledge, and they just throw these random drinks at you, and you have to see how many of them in a row you can make without screwing up.
1: Yeah, it's basically horde mode.
3: Yeah, exactly. Horde, uh,
1: ladies and gentlemen. Horde yeah. mode.
3: Get your mind out of the gutter.
1: Get your mind out of the gutter.
3: And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of useful, and it's a fun way to new uh, learn some new drinks. I actually applied it uh, to real life and made a drink from the game, and it that turned is, out really well.
1: Wow, that is awesome.
3: Yeah, and, like, this one involved egg white.
1: What? what?
3: Yeah, I made, like, a gin fizz, so, like, I took a glass, oh. I put ice in it, I poured in, or not gin, it was rum, I poured in two ounces of rum, uh, a splash of lime juice, and then uh, took a white and stri- uh, took an egg and strained the uh, the white from the yolk right. Add just a splash of that because the next step is you mix it up in a martini shaker, and that causes like the egg white to foam up so it gives it a little bit of frothiness and like texture in your mouth. Wow. And then you top it off with club soda, and it was really good.
1: That is really cool. What's the name of this game again? It's Nimble
3: Strong,
1: Bartender in Training. Is it, does it cost money?
3: Yeah, it's like three, or uh, four bucks. Four bucks. But, yeah, not worth it.
1: I only buy $60 games. <laughs>
3: Totally worth it. I had a lot of fun. And like, if you're trying to learn a little bit about making cocktails, it's a it's a good place to start.
1: Yeah. And if you, uh, if you, maybe if you get an Ouya, you'd be able to play it on there. Right. That is, that is a possibility. You know, when you think about this, like, you know, gamification is a very hot topic today in the corporate world. It's like, well, everybody's doing gamification. We got to figure out how to gamify. But like, this is a very practical way. Like if you were studying to be a bartender, this Mm -hmm. would be a good practice.
3: Yeah, I I thought about this while I was watching Bar Rescue. Like a lot of these bartenders don't know anything about making drinks and someone will be like come up and be like, "Yeah, I I, I want a Old Fashioned." And the bartender's like, "I don't know how to make that." And this is like a a veteran bartender with like 4 years experience that's like, "If you had this game on an iPad and was just right. like in the downtime you can play this game how, on the how iPad." Great it's great would fun. that be if
1: your boss was just like uh yeah, in your downtime just play this game.
3: Yeah. It'd be cool and then be right. like uh, then, like, the survival mode, like, tracks, you know, yeah. uh, how many drinks in a row you can make. You could make it a challenge between the bartenders, you know?
1: Yeah, whoever, uh, you know, whoever has the highest score this month on on survival mode gets a extra bonus.
3: Yeah, something something like that. It's uh, all the other bartenders' tips.
1: Like, and this could also apply to, like, the real, like, this could apply to other areas. Like, the, the thing that I think about is, like, if you could create a game that was about fixing a car... Yeah! And I'm not saying that this is the way you would train people to fix a car, but it's a a great... Not a mechanic,
3: but a layman.
1: Right. Oh, yeah, a layman would be great. Mm. That would be really good. Like, but even a mechanic, like, if you're in mechanic school, you're going through school, oh, and in your downtime, I need you to play at least two hours of the car fixing game, which is the same thing. Yeah, the
3: game makes it fun for you.
1: Yeah, and then you internalize it, like... I know a lot of things. Like, I know in Halo, how to if I get plasma grenades, how to switch to plasma grenades. Right. And I know how close I need to be to somebody in order to throw them, in order to stick them to them. Mm. Like, I have a strategy built around plasma grenades. I also have a strategy built around shotguns, or if I get a rocket launcher, or whatever gun in the game, if I'm rolling around in a scorpion, I know what to do. Like, if you could actually use that practical knowledge in a... If you could use that knowledge in a practical way, then you're actually being pr- a productive human being in, in some way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
3: It's it's a good way to teach yourself a little skill. And, like, knowing a little bit about mixed drinks goes a long way in a social setting.
1: Totally. And even if you were – so say you, like, worked at McDonald's. Like, McDonald's would make a game where you have to make sandwiches. Or, like, Subway would be perfect. Yeah, Subway. Like, Subway is McDonald's
3: like- one would be depressing. The
1: McDonald's would be super depressing. But you could also learn how to, like, manage a drive-thru and, like, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. But Subway would be perfect. Like, Subway should make a game for their employees where they're like, this is how you make a sandwich. And then you go on survival mode and it's like, oh, I want a mustard sandwich <laughs> with extra jalapenos. think <laughs> they, they would be taking too long. The name says it all. <laughs> yeah. That's actually the name
3: Uh, yeah it's a lot of fun i really enjoy it
1: cool one more time the name of the game
3: Uh, nimble strong bartender in training
1: and i guess that's an early recco
3: yeah it's a recco and a topic
1: so speaking of reccos uh we're gonna get to reccos in just one second but before we do we got to do a little bit of housekeeping first up is our facebook roundup uh we each week we post on our facebook page uh to uh Asking you uh, what you want us to talk about on that week's cast. This week we got a bunch of stuff. Mitch Netzer, who you might uh, recognize from this week's show, says, I want more science talk. Do it now. Well, Mitch, we already talked about – we actually bumped the science talk so that we could talk about South by Southwest. So really it's your fault. Yeah. Uh, Jacob DeForest – Take a
3: good look in the mirror, Mitch.
1: Yeah. Jacob DeForest says Seattle Seahawks trade for Percy Harvin. We cover that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, News from South by Southwest. God, we're really covering all this stuff last. I wanted to talk about South by Southwest. We did that, too. Um, John O'Brien, our good friend from New England, says, uh, Cool Ranch Doritos Taco. Jesse, your thoughts? Uh,
3: Well, okay. So I've had two. I've had the original tacos, Loco Taco. Yep.
1: Um, I know what you're saying.
3: I've had it twice. Okay. The first time I had it, I had it in the restaurant. Okay. Uh, It was in SeaTac. Uh-huh. And uh, I loved it. It was awesome. Okay. Second time I had it, uh, it was in uh, Boulder, Colorado, and I got it from drive-through and ate it at home. Yeah. Or at at Levi's, and it was not so good. It was kind of soggy.
1: So you need it fresh.
3: I think you need to eat it on site, and I haven't had the ambition to go uh, post up at uh, Taco Bell yet yeah. to try the new Cool Ranch.
2: Well, the
1: Cool Ranch is. I don't know. I mean, they're marketing it like everybody was asking for the Cool Ranch. But, like, I would exp- – maybe the Cool Ranch and, and Taco Bell and KFC are on by the same place. Maybe a Cool Ranch chicken sandwich. Then I could do that.
3: Yes. I not agree more, actually.
1: Yeah, I mean – Like, I don't need a Cool Ranch taco. I need a Cool I'm Ranch I'm not really a Cool sandwich. Ranch
3: guy. Yeah. I'm a standard or standard to lame ranch.
1: I like <laughs> – <laughs> I I like uh you know I like my cool ranch on I, on a chicken I like ranch on a chicken finger uh-huh yeah <laughs> it does it. I'm sorry standard delayed ranch that is really funny. um all right anyway uh more Facebook roundup uh John O'Brien also asks, uh Jesse can you give us progress on your meat bioreactor.
3: Uh, yeah, so far it only makes uh, Coal Ranch Doritos
1: tacos. Well,
3: wow. It's a start. Yeah. James Working Patterson. on the original recipe.
1: <laughs> James Patterson says, It's been a while since we've assessed if things are better or worse than getting punched in the face. Jesse, I think that ball's in your court.
3: Yeah, maybe next week. I, I actually got some stuff to complain about. All so. <laughs> right.
1: We'll just tuck that away in the old cap. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh... <laughs> And then finally, Mark Giddens says, recommend a good blog reader app since Google Reader is going away. And get off my back. Mark, get off my back.
3: I would go to uh, netvibes.com slash en or feedly.com or theoldreader.com. Maybe feedafever.com, bloglines.com, or possibly rssowl.org. Jesse,
1: it's so amazing that you have all those right off the top of your head. Uh, that's you know, that's why I'm in this business. When I think of uh, somebody to talk to about RSS feed readers, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're the first name that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. You're, I'm you're, a feeder. You're pretty much the first name that comes to mind for every topic, but uh, but definitely that one. Yeah. Okay.
3: That's why they call me a top. <laughs> so that's our Facebook
1: hey. <laughs> exact fan. So that's our Facebook roundup for this week. Um, and we want to remind you where you can get in touch with us. Please write us an email, personalarrogance at gmail.com. We'll read it on the cast. We love to get those. We love to get voicemails. Like I said, the first woman pioneer. We've never had a woman call into the cast before. If you are a lady reader listener, uh, please call in 360-362-0024. Even if you're not a lady, we'll still play your uh, voicemail on the cast. Uh, and you can also go to our Facebook page and like us. We have our Ball Move Facebook page. We also have the Personal Arrogance Facebook page. Uh, I haven't done this in a while, but I want to recognize all of the people who have liked us in recent memory. Um, Starting off with Kenneth Brooks, Sam... Oh, Sam, you're going to make me say your last name. Golmo Hamadi, Paul Warren, Beth Ann, Mike Kolsworski, Mark Crone. Ryan Young, Kevin Freeman, Shelly Fisk, Derek Romaine, Tim Treader, Josh Perego, and I think that that pretty much covers everybody's like this in recent memory. Uh, but, uh, thank you so much for like us. You can like us there. Please check out ballmove.com, guys. There is so much great stuff at baldmove.com. Okay? Not only do you have personal arrogance podcast, not only do you have, uh, Walking Dead, which is back, not only do you have Game of Thrones, which is coming back, here in March, this month, we'll have the new, uh, the new Night's Watch podcast around, uh, Game of Thrones. Not only do you have the Ladies of the Because show down from SoCal, not only do you have the Bald Move TV podcast, uh, but you also have Up Yours Downstairs, which even though, uh, Downton Abbey isn't even happening right now, they're still podcasting about it. Guys, there's tons nice. of shit there. It's awesome. Okay. And you can go to baldmove.com slash contest, and you can win a Kindle Fire HD. If you don't know how to do that, please listen to last week's podcast. We covered it in nauseam.
2: <laughs> if
1: you don't know how to do it after listening to last week's podcast, I'm sorry, listener. You may not be for us.
3: You might be a redneck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the immortal words of Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy.
3: <laughs> Josh Foxworthy. Josh
1: Foxworthy, Jeff's brother. Um, delete so stole that
3: bit from his brother and capitalized ah, on it. damn it Josh never saw a said
1: that was my party bit Jeff <laughs> I was the king of the party with that bit <laughs> you're just the king of redneck comedy <laughs> uh, anyway uh, so anyway go to ballmoop.com. also we got a twitter page personal podcast whatever we got tons of ways to get in touch with us guys if you want to talk to us please talk to us we love to hear from you I think that's about it. Jesse, what's your first reco?
3: Uh Eric, my first recommendation is something that uh I was enjoying earlier today. And it's YouTube centric uh-huh. for uh the listener who requested that, and right. that's Percy Harvin highlight videos.
1: Yeah, get ready.
3: Oh, my god, watching those kickoff returns. Yeah. Oh, he's such a talented player.
1: What I heard about on the radio today is that basically him and Marshawn Lynch are going to be the thunder and the lightning. Can mm-hmm. you imagine being a defense? You're lining up, and you're looking at Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch, and Percy Harvin. Well, don't forget forget about Golden Tate, the sneaky devil. Yeah, I know. But you got to focus on those three guys, right? Yeah, totally. That's all of your focus. Oh, and then you got Sidney Rice and Golden Tate running behind you. Right. What are you going to do? You're going to lose the Super Bowl. That's I'm what you're lose, going baby. to do. Because the Seahawks are going to win. Yeah.
3: 53-0? It's going to be more like 63-0 next year. SB
1: bound, baby. Arizona. <laughs> We're yeah. coming for you. Yeah, I, I actually feel kind of bad. <laughs> They'll, They'll probably pick up Fitzpatrick or something. Yeah. I don't know. Give them, give them, give them hope. Give them, uh, give them Flynn. Trade Flynn for somebody on their team. Well,
3: one... Uh, Inter-division li- uh, trades are kind of janky.
1: Yeah, but they happen.
3: Plus, uh, Flynn apparently, according to CBSSports.com, might not even be very tradable because of his elbow.
1: Well, he's also got a big contract. But I, let's just—I'll I'll take Flynn for Fitzgerald straight up.
3: Yeah, Flynn for Fitz is good. Good well, for me.
1: Let's do it. All right, my first record this week is going to be uh, "Comedy Bang Bang." Uh, it's on Netflix. Watch instantly the first season. I've been
3: avoiding this for some reason. I don't know
1: why. I was avoiding it too, but then my love of Reggie Watts. Uh, R- Reggie Watts is great. Reggie Watts is great, and and that took me over the edge, and I'm so happy I went there.
3: Seattle's own.
1: The thing about comedy Bang Bang. So it's a show. It's a- IFC produced. IFC brings you Portlandia. But it's not only IFC, it's also uh, done through... Ear, it's based off of Earwolf Podcast. Earwolf is the guys who not only bring you the Comedy Bang Bang Podcast, but they bring you uh, How Did This Get Made? They also bring you Nerd Poker and a bunch of great other great podcasts, mostly featuring members of the cast of the League. Hmm. And also, it's produced by Absolutely. Is it? Yes.
3: Oh, now I'm really intrigued.
1: Which is the Tim and Eric production company. Absolutely. So it's got really strong tim and eric characteristics in it
3: oh i'm sold
1: it's got the you know i listened to the uh i listened to the wtf with uh with eric or not with eric but with tim heidecker um and he basically kind of opened up a little bit about how tim and eric really does draw on a lot of like nightmarish scenarios <laughs> it tries to find the humor in our nightmares uh uh-huh. and this show really does that as well it's got a strong Tim and Eric vibe, so I'm gonna reco it. Not to mention they got great stars. Like first one is Zach Galifianakis, second one's Amy Poehler, third wow. one's John Hamm, and fourth one's uh, Michael Sarah. So it's got good, 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 good star talent on each show. So I would recommend Comedy Bang Bang if you got some time to kill. Check it out on Netflix. Watch instantly.
3: All right, well uh, let's wrap this up. My Seco reco is Seattle Cask Beer Fest at the end of this very month.
1: Do it! I if love you're a beer. Geek Bear.
3: in Seattle. Um, I'm going to be
1: there, so Ooh. say hi. Say hi to that guy. Yeah, and then my segmentation this week is going to be the WTF podcast with Tim Heidecker.
3: I'm going to have to listen to that.
1: Very enlightening and uh,
3: thunder and lightning,
1: thunder and lightning Mar- with
3: Tim Heidecker and Marshawn Lynch
1: and <laughs> and Percy Harvin. A new a new podcast. They're all there. Uh so I think that's about it. Get in touch with us, guys. Thank you so much for listening this week. Uh it's late. I gotta pee, so remember that wherever you go. And whatever you do. Please say arrogant. arrogant. <laughs>